heavily said. The boogeyman's under my bed. The voices all in my head. They kill my son, now I'm dead. My girl beside me in bed. She placed her hand on my head. I spoke to the devil, he said. I spoke to the devil, he said. The cupboard of chocolate pills. You'll never get signed to a deal. Your hustle will never pay off. You'll never be your own boss. You'll never shine like you should. Hard work, it doesn't pay off. It pays if you suck them off. It pays the salad you toss. Your pride is stupid for that. Go ahead, you just be a rat. Step over your brother's back. Just fake like you got his back. Just fake like you really care. Just leave your girl in her chair. Just leave your kid at the stairs. The game is yours if you dare. I spoke to the devil, he said. The boogeyman's under my bed. The voice is all in my head. They kill my son, I'm dead. All right, we're back, man. Trill Talk episode number two, Trill Talk MMA. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Dominique. Yes, sir. Greg well, Blackson. Greg Blackson in the, the house. The secret weapon. I, you know what I mean? Poirier needed me in his corner. Wow, he did. He, that is a fact, man. For <laughs> he sure. needed me in his corner. I'll tell you what. I, we talked a little bit during the fights. and I mean, we'll get to it. But I was a little nervous for uh, Khabib going into that fight because I thought that them fighting in a sauna like that was going to affect his ability to take Dustin down and more than that, hold Dustin down because of the sweat and everything else. And wow. It's uh, that did not prove to be the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think it would be. I didn't well, think it would be. I you, saw, you know I, a little more than I do about this. I game. Saw, no, I'm going to tell you like this. Let me be honest with you. Some of the worst fucking advice I hear, the worst criticism I hear, the worst opinions I hear, the worst just t- total thought processes on the fight comes from fighters <laughs> and second <laughs> from reporters. And, and to me, it's crazy because it shows me from my perspective, how many fighters are like a character in a video game, so to speak, you know, like I was just playing monster hunter world iceborne, you know, yeah, that shit. That shit's dope, just came out with my son. But it reminds me of that, like, I'm on the outside controlling the character, and the, con- the character can't do anything on the uh, that I'm not pressing, so to speak. And a lot of these fighters just do not think for themselves. And it's, and it's crazy. I remember way back, like, 2002, I think, um, I went to AKA because this guy uh, – was beating up a girl at a party. Nobody was helping, so I whooped his ass, and the girl tried to beat me up. And yeah. somebody there saw me from AKA, and they're like, hey, come by AKA, Frank Shamrock here. And I'm like, what? Because I was watching, you know, Pancrates everything. Sure. So I went by there, and he wasn't even at AKA. He didn't even exist there at the time. He had already, like, left. I'm like, somebody lied to me. But they were like, hey, come, you could do a free session. And I do a free session with some guy and whoop his ass. And everybody's like, what? And I find out this was one of their pro athletes at the time. And I had never done MMA at the time. I had only done, uh, you know, like boxing and kickboxing. Yeah. And uh, afterwards, they go, they put me against some little white guy. I'm like, man, I'm going to beat this little white guy up. And my friend is there, too, my best female friend in the world at the time. Um, and then I go with him like 40 minutes, not ever having done any grappling, anything and uh get choked and that guy was robert crazy bob cook 
Oh, and and they, everybody was like, "Do you know who that is?" I'm like, "No." They're like, "That's Frank Shamrock, best dude never." You went with him 40 minutes, not knowing anything. Keep coming, and that's how I actually got into MMA. Out of like ego, I was like, "I'm gonna keep going back till I beat this dude up for choking me in front of my <laughs> friend." But the point of this story is, I last I beat one of their guys and lasted that long with Bob just off of feeling, not anything somebody else. It's telling me, and I feel like a lot of these guys, they lose that. It's like their coaches make a game plan, like an A and a B, and if that doesn't work, they have no C, D, E, F, G, or like they can only do what they're told, nothing more, because I'm like looking at the 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 Dustin fight, it would Khabib, and it was so much, and I see there's so many fights of people doing the basic things wrong. And and this is supposed to be, like, the highest level, quote, unquote, you know, because I know a lot of guys that I think could be UFC guys that aren't there. But this this is what we see as the highest level, so let's plan that. And I'm like, how can you make basic mistakes that even, like, your your body should tell you is wrong? Do you remember, Dan, one part of the fight? I don't know if you've seen. So Khabib, one of Khabib's favorite positions is the uh, – the the the, the uh, two-handed grip around the right waist. You know what I'm talking yes, about? absolutely. And he likes to uh, shuck under the arm, a basic wrestling duck under to get to the backside, and he likes to step out to the person's free side that, that's not on the cage, and he continuously knee bumps them to the ground so that they have to keep getting up, carrying the weight, and if he can, he puts the hooks in. Are you following me so far? Absolutely, 100%. Okay, so... Dustin, at one point, was on his back getting up on the cage and gets up, and he has the, 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 the underhooks. And and he's in the middle of getting up, and he puts, like, imagine Dustin's back against the cage and Khabib's head is on, on his uh, right leg, right? Sure. Going for a double, and he has the under. He takes his right arm and puts his right arm over to the left of his leg. So now his left arm and his right arm are both on the side of his left leg, and he turns to the side. That's putting Khabib in the position he likes to get in anyways. And he did this three times. He put I remember Khabib that. Behind him three times. Khabib didn't get behind him. He put him behind him. And then he hit the college switch uh, that, twice. Yeah. <laughs> not holding the leg, which is the base. You have to control the leg. They tell you if you don't control the leg, you don't control the switch. And I'm like, dude, this is basic shit. Just I'm, like guys don't know how to get out of mountain and everything. And to me, like, why I told that AK story and about feeling like you should feel like something's wrong to putting two of your arms on one side of your leg. Like, just mechanically, body-wise, it doesn't even feel right. It feels like you're in danger and losing control, yet he's doing it. And, man, the mistakes these guys make, Dan, I'm telling you. What do you, what so, do you, what do you attribute what that do you to? Do you think it's a, a sense of, like, panic or, like, you lose – once you, your game plan that you've been focused on for so long goes out the window, you, you just can't put anything together on the fly? or Because, I mean, Dustin is an elite-level athlete, and – he did things wrong both standing and, like you said, on the ground. I, I mean, I you, why would you back up facing? I think that it's like this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go deep here because this is going. 
get weird. So my family is matriarchal. It's mostly females. And most of them are like doctors, psychologists, sociologists. So I've been around things of the mind a long time. And then at Duke, I studied biological process, physiology, anatomy. So when I watch a fight, it's kind of different. Like I'm always wondering why guys are getting tired, this and that. I look at it different, you know? And what I attribute it to uh, is a couple of things. Like, of course, there's anxiety, pressure, and all these things. That's always going to play a a, a factor because it can uh, attribute to a, a lapse of concentration. But like I was just saying, one thing is people get uh, like they start to there's a point where you can do programs so much that a person loses themselves. And that's what I love about Tony Ferguson, because Tony Ferguson will technically fight you or say, fuck it and fight you just like Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, and even Conor McGregor will get to that point, you know, for better or for worse. They still have that. Like most of these guys that people look at as fighters are athletes that learn fighting techniques. There's a difference. But and and Dustin, I felt like he was a fighter weren't learning fighting techniques, and now he's going like too far. Like when I first started myself, I was always brawling, and then when I first learned all the techniques, I became too passive. Like, a, you know, like Mayweather, where you're like, boo, you know, <laughs> and it took me a long time to put both back together where I'm passive aggressive now. And I keep the technique, but I'm like, fuck this. What's up at the same time? And I, you, you, it's hard to find that for some guys where you still following your body and what your body wants to do and not just all about, OK, this is what was programmed in the gym and everything. And another thing I contributed to is uh, it reminds me of Hydra Gracie. When Hydra Gracie, you know, the best grappler, him and Marcelo Garcia, it's an argument up in there who's the best grappler ever so far. And when he shut everybody down in this whole jujitsu debate, and he said, hey, 90% of what I know does not work in MMA. And he contributed what does work in the MMA was the same thing that made him the best jujitsu competitor. If you, he sticks to the basics. And if you look at Marcelo Garcia, he's innovative. And a lot of these guys are innovative. They're trying spinning back fix, spinning back kiss, he's flying these, blah, 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 blah. You see all this bullshit. <laughs> if you look at Marcelo, he was an innovator. You look at Hydra, he beat everybody with the basics. And I think a lot of these guys, if you watch them, even guys they call black belts, quote, unquote, they don't know the basics. You see them get mounted, and they don't know the hip escape. You see them get rear naked choked. Like, I was telling Tree, right? I was watching the fight. And there were so many times Dustin almost got choked making the same mistake. And I was telling it to her. I was like, he's going to get choked. And I thought it was going to come sooner, actually. And right before the time he got choked, I said, he's about to get choked. Because he was looking straight down. He was looking down. And they tell you with a rear naked choke, you, it, when somebody's on your back, you never just look straight ahead. You know, yeah. like he's looking at the ground straight ahead. You always tuck your chin. And, the, and you always, there's three things. Tuck your chin hand fight and you always look towards the hand never never the elbow and he did like everything wrong and these guys don't drill the basics enough yeah i i almost got a sense watching it i obviously i don't know but i got a sense watching it that the moment seemed a little too big for dustin he didn't he didn't show up like like i thought he would i now like i said i told you i i thought 
Nurmagomedov, I think Nurmagomedov is the best lightweight in the world, bar none. I think that if, if he's going to lose the belt, um, it's going to be because he makes a silly mistake. But I thought that Dustin didn't look like he was prepared during that fight. The things he were doing, he was making the mistakes, like you said. But I just felt like it seemed like the situation was almost too big for him. You know what it is to me? Uh, fucking, like, it's one dude, and I copied him yeah. uh, a, 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 a lot. Because I'm a student of the game. And I would always watch people fucking, like, they don't do what they normally do when they're worried about a wrestler. And I was always like, man, I don't want to be like that. Because, you know, I'm a striker. And the dude that changed me where I wasn't like that, it was Carol Parisian. Yeah. Carol Parisian, if you look, Carol never sprawled, like the typical sprawl. He was right there, and he met the shot with his hips boom and he met it and and if you remember Carl he was hard to take down but he did it different he just met force with force like his hips with the force to take down boom stop you in your tracks and fight it from there and go back to doing what he was doing and I was like man that's a whole different approach I'm gonna fuck with that dude right there I want to do what he's doing and that's when I became cool with him and uh Karen Derabedian and all those guys and and I was like, man, okay. And they showed me how they do it, and that's and that's what you have to do. Because if you sit there and worry about somebody shooting in on you all the time instead of doing what you do, first of all, if you do what you do, it makes it harder for them to shoot in. They have more to worry about. Just like, do you remember when Anderson Silva? Well, of course you remember, but Anderson Silva was out striking everybody, and yes. I was always t- saying on MMA Junkie Radio when I was on there. Uh, uh, co-hosting all the time, I was like, he wouldn't even do as good if people weren't, weren't worried about it. Because if you're sitting there like, man, this is Anderson, his striking's the best. Now, if his striking is like a video game, he got a 300 and you have a 250, that's not too far off. But because you're worried about it, you're going to be using a 50 instead of the 250 you have. Mm-hmm. And now Anderson don't look like a 300, he looks like a 5. And And essentially, that's what happens when you're worried about the takedown on somebody, you're like, man, I got to worry about this. Now you're not punching. Now you're not kneeing. Now you're not kicking. Now you're not elbowing. You're just sitting there worried about it. And that's what Dustin was doing. And then on top of that, his mistake was he wasn't striking like usual. Then he was backing up when Khabib likes to shoot yeah. when you're near the cage. Anyways, then he's doing everything wrong against the cage. And I'm like, this is crazy. You can see it in all areas if you pay attention. Like, if you look at – I like looking at old school athletes, old school, like wrestlers, uh, bodybuilders. They were more fit. Like, I do all these studies on, like, anatomy and stuff, and they say that people back then were actually more fit and stronger than people now. And that was, like, before, even even way before all the steroids. And if you look at boxing, boxing used to be 20 rounds, then 15, now 12. Yeah. And people get tired now before they even get to 12. And back then, people could fight 15 and 20 with full cardio. And it's like, okay, why do we have more technology now, but people were more fit then? And it's the basics. If you look at lifting, people were sticking to the, the, what they call the big five, you know, the bench press, the, the clean, the squat, the deadlift, those things, the overhead press. And then they were sticking to road work, the jogging and the sprinting. Now everybody's doing this stuff with parachutes and these aerodyne bikes and this and that. And look at how tired they get. And they hiring all these bullshit people. And I'm like, wow. If you look at it, dude, I, I, I trained with Nick and Nate for years. 
I tell you like this, they got some of the best cardio in the game. They don't never do that shit. They put in the road work. I was at Floyd Mayweather. He put in road work. I was with Andre Ward. He put in road work. That's what I do. And it's like I just feel like people are straying too far from proven things to test new things that are unproven, like these hyperbaric chambers and all this. And I know I'm kind of going off topic, but semi on topic. But I just feel like whether it's the fighting or the cardio and just the whole everything that encompasses getting ready for a fight, I feel people are straight at this point too far from from the basics. That's and interesting. I feel, you know, and that's just how I, I, I've seen it for a long time. Yeah. You could, you could, he could have stopped could be with the basics. He didn't hand fight. You know what I mean? The first things I was learning is, oh, somebody back here to the cage going for his takedown, spread your legs wide so they can't get to both. Hand fight, push the head down, or reap the head up with the cross face. He didn't do or use the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the power half. When you get two under the arm, when a person's too strong, two under the arm, turn them to the left or the right, depending on which side the head is on. He did none of that. Yeah, he and these didn't are the first anything. things I learned about wrestling. I'm like, whoa, dude. And you supposed to be S level fighter? Come on, man. I think the people, only people that stand a chance against Khabib is Tony Ferguson, Gregor Giuseppe, and Justin Gaethje. Those are my three. Yeah, I I think that the potential fight with him and Tony Lopez is going to be bananas. I think that's that's the fight I want to see. Um, I like Gagey. I think he's he's game, but I don't think he could beat... Uh, I don't think he beats Khabib. I, it's, who knows? Um, let's talk about the Paul Felder, Edson Barboza fight real quick. Oh, yeah. I'm not... I mean, on my scorecard, I had Edson Barboza winning the fight two, to, two rounds to one. Um, how did you feel? Did you feel that Paul Felder won the split decision in your mind, or do you think that that went the wrong way? I thought it went the wrong way. I had uh, I had Barbosa clear one, Felder clear three, and then I had Barbosa edging two. That's the exact same way I had it. Yeah, I had Barbosa won the first handedly. I thought that Felder won the third pretty easily, and I thought the second was the close round. And I, yeah. I gave the advantage to Barboza as well. But that was a hell of a fight, man. Those guys put all kinds of effort into that. Man, Felder got a chin. Oh, Those boy. Irish boys. Dude, did you see him get spinning back fist? Yeah. And nothing happened? Ate it like a pancake. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's crazy. Yeah, I was I was super impressed coming out of the fight with Paul Felder. I'm always impressed by Barboza. That guy is just... He is, in my opinion, one of the most fun fighters to watch in the lightweight division. He's Anytime one of the he most fights, fun I'm to me, but one of the most flawed to me. You can beat him with the same blueprint. He got yeah. beat with the same blueprint like four times in a row, kind of like Rafael Dos Anjos. It's just a, a blueprint that these guys are not adjusting themselves to. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I put I put like 60% of that on them because you are your own man and 40% on the trainer. A lot of these trainers don't want to get fucking fired, so they don't want to tell the truth. You know what I mean? You need to be like, hey, my dude, yeah, fucking up here is why. And a lot of these trainers don't know. You ever listen to the corner cam? Yeah, the corner cam is ridiculous on a lot of it. They're all, Ooh. oh, you're following the game plan perfectly. Well, you just lost the first two rounds convincingly. So if, that's the, if that's the game plan, you've got some issues. Dude, I'm wondering why... I- Somebody need to just, you know, Dan, somebody need to hire me. Let me show my shit. 
And then after that, I give you some free UFC tickets, and we just corner all these dudes. Cause, man, I'm, I, I, dude, the way these guys coach is is messed up, man. Yeah, I can't just, even look, listen at a corner cam. I'm like, you half the time they lie to them, and half the time they don't know. <laughs> and they and and then and then the other part they given like no advice or wrong advice. It's it's hard to understand. Um. I don't, I don't get that aspect of it. I, I mean, if you're going to have a guy that you're going to pay to coach you and to, to get you through these fights in the corner, you got to have somebody that's going to fucking be honest with you. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. I mean, just but these guys don't know, man. These guys, the fighters don't know. The, the fighters aren't educating themselves. You know what I mean? Like they just say, Oh, I'm going to Greg Jackson. Greg Jackson is the motherfucking best. But look at everybody leaving now. Or, oh, yeah. boy, here, this is the best, blah, blah, blah. Nah, man. Nah, that ain't how it works. I think you just have to find a fit that's right for you and uh, find coaches that aren't going to bullshit you and, and surround yourself with people that have your best interest in, in mind and in heart. And I don't think that's as easily, you know, done as it is said. I think that there's a lot of teams out there and a lot of trainers and a lot of coaches that are just, you know, they're just looking to get from fight to fight and make their money, and it's it's not what it should be. I mean, it's the the good trainers out there are few and far between. And they are. You they see are. it in the corner work. I mean, listen, some of these guys might be great inside the gym in terms of helping you game plan, helping you uh, get ready for a fight, but the X's and O's, you need a coach. You need someone there in your corner that if things don't go the way you planned it, can adapt on the fly and say, okay, well, you know, here's what I'm seeing. Here's a reaction to what I just witnessed rather than what I put together on paper before the fight started. Yeah, let me let me chime in because people don't realize this, and you might understand me as soon as I say it. These guys have trainers, not coaches. Yeah. Okay, I knew you would get it. <laughs> yep, these guys have, These guys have fucking trainers and and not coaches and, and – and, uh, it's weird. Like, I always knew how to coach. I didn't know how to train people at first. Now that I learned both. But most of these guys are weird. They know how to train people good as hell, but don't know how to coach. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's a big, big difference. And another thing, these guys look for too much from large gyms. You know what I mean? I've, I've, I've found that small gyms have, like, the personal attention you get accounts to way more way more than like here's the thing i could go to american top team right now train with mastodon everybody under the sun that's good but if they ain't putting no time into me i'm not gonna get any better i get tougher not better yeah you know and and you need you need the skill like bernard hopkins if you look at roy jones jr bernard hopkins right so roy jones jr when he had that athleticism and everything he was unstoppable and then and Bernard Hopkins was very good. Even when they were both young, they got older. Roy Jones Jr. started getting slept by everybody, and Bernard Hopkins still collapsed because he built the skill. Why Roy Jones Jr. was tough, and and most of his skill was innate. He was an athletic freak. Yeah, you know, he, if, wow. If, 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 yeah, yeah, and like athletic freak times two hundred. But it you have to have the skill. That's what gets you by. You know what I mean? And these guys. They in these gyms, man, even how much time you really think they get in. Even somebody like Poirier at American Top Team with how many people they have, you know, 
It's, I mean, it's, there's only so much time in the day, and uh, yeah. when you have, like, you know, however, X, amount of, X amount of guys in the UFC who all have fights scheduled, who all need coaching, who all need that dedication, sometimes you, you have to wonder whether or not everyone's getting as much um, individual individual attention and planning as, as they should. Yeah, and and here's the part that people don't consider, energy. Yeah. If your if your energy wanes, your focus wanes. So let's say that I'm training you and you're my fifth dude at ATT that day. There's no way I have the focus with you that I had with number one and number two of that day. Yeah, it's 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 you know? obviously yeah. Anybody who has any kind of job can relate to that. The last, you know, few things you do the day during the day aren't as sharp as when you first got there and that's how it's gonna be. That I mean it's not super. I'm gonna give you an example. I'm going to give you an example. Uh, Bone Crusher, Mark Diacase, he was at that small gym in London, and I liked that guy. He went to the UFC, looked like shit. And I was like, dude, I was watching you. You know what I mean? I like, and me, I like seeing black folks get in the UFC because it ain't a lot of them. So I'm like, yeah, do good, <laughs> black man. And I'm like, yeah, he in there, and he just didn't look good. And, he, and then I found out he made the switch to ATT. And then he got his toughest fight versus um, – homeboy i can't remember his name that uh uh beat conor mcgregor way back in like cage warriors or whatever yeah that was uh oh geez what is his name i can't even remember right now but and that was the toughest guy he was fighting in the ufc and i was like oh my god he lost to the other guys he's gonna lose then i found out he went back to the uh the, the what is it london shoot fighters whatever he was at i said okay this is where he was the dude that i knew and then that was his hardest opponent in the ufc and he swept him up and then after, in, in his interviews, he was like, I wasn't getting no attention. I had to go back to uh, to the small gym, but I'm getting I'm getting all the attention there. And yeah. sometimes, and, and the thing I like about him is he realized it, though. A lot of guys, they don't be honest with themselves and ever realize. So yeah, that's, just, a, that's a yeah. great example of, of what we're talking about. What other fights were not? Let's look. Let me, let me look up some. Joe Duffy is who that was that beat Connor and who yep, uh, Mark Daisy exactly That's exactly who it was. I, I didn't even remember his damn name. He'd been going so long. Yeah, that's a fact. Who else fought on the 242 card yesterday? I don't I'll know. I want you to know. I'll tell you. Why it, said that, it said that like it was coming on at one time when I looked on my Fight Pass app because, you know, since I'm out here in Asia. And then it came on way earlier and i missed most of the fights which i gotta watch on a uh, fight pass later yeah. on now because i'll be i'll be completely honest with you it came on at like seven o'clock in the morning at my time and uh i looked at the the prelims and there wasn't a whole hell of a lot that i wanted to see i wanted to see Bilal muhammad fight just because i like him so i made sure to catch that fight and then other than that the only fight i was really interested in was Joanne Calderwood, Andrea Lee, just because I love I love Joanne Calderwood. Yeah, I missed um, all the prelims and, and like all of them, so I have to catch up on them this week. But I saw the whole main card. Yeah, I, I saw the whole main card as well. Yeah, Makachev did his thing. You boy, know, he sure did. I tell you, who else did his thing was Curtis Blades. Yeah, that guy's yeah. A, that guy's the highest takedown ratio in, for heavyweights ever. Yeah, he is ridiculous with the with the and once he gets you down, forget about it. He's gonna pound you out. I mean, the guy is a beast. Yeah, if you ain't in Ghana, you ain't you ain't doing much to him. Yeah, he's uh, 
He's and to, and to me, he's one of those guys is you know, just this not quite. He's not going to beat Stipe. He's not going to beat a DC. He obviously didn't beat uh, Ngano, but I mean, he's he's got he's got a ton of upside, and he's going to be around for a while. See, I think I think that if he stuck strictly to wrestle, 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 he could he could decision Stipe. You might be right. That that's I think he could. I that, think he could. Yeah, of course. If Daniel Cormier would have done that, he could have decisioned him too. Dude, oh my God! I don't even want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> Me neither. We can't. We're gonna we're gonna be back on the same thing the rest of this show. Oh God. Okay, I have I have something to talk about. Uh, Diego Fierro versus Mirabek Tysonov. Yeah. So Mirabek got popped, and then came back after a long layoff, and he just did not look the same. You know, I met him out here in in Thailand. That dude's huge, and I'm I'm big myself. And I remember like we were talking and shaking hands, and I was like, "Dude, his hands are like rocks." His whole body was like, "Dude, it's that kind of body you can only have from being on shit." And like I said, I know the body, and yeah. you know, mu- muscles are predominantly water so when people have like they know they're on shit because that's not the natural thing a month and i was like man he on shit and if you look at all of if you look at this fight it was crazy he was smaller than he's ever been and he wasn't as defined as he's always been and he didn't fight the same because he's an aggressive fighter he was in the back foot the whole time so my thing is how many of these guys that we see are we only seeing like a false form of who they actually are. If you, if you kind of, if oh, I'm I, like myself, right. You know, like, yeah, I think that that's a high number. I mean, you look at, there's a lot of fighters, um, who used to fight a hell of a lot different. And then USADA got a hold of them and they came back and they looked radically different and they fought radically different. And yeah. I mean, there's a laundry list of those guys and it's, it's not, it's not hard to figure out why. I mean, you see, the- it changes everything: strength, aggression, durability, vascular properties, depending on what you use. And I'm like, man, like you never like it messes things up for me. Like T.J. Dillashaw was the champ, but now I'm like, would he have ever been the champ if he wasn't on that shit? Well, you know what I mean? Like that's the other side of it. Is the it's not just the physical side. That shit ruins your career because you will forever have an asterisk next to your name. You know, there's nobody that's going to ever look at you again as a clean athlete and say, yeah, he's doing it right. Dude, it ruins everybody's career because let's take it like this. So he was on EPO, right? Yes. So EPO, let me think about that. It increases the red blood cell count. So you, you hold more oxygen, you have more cardio. So he's on EPO. Uh, a lot of people don't know the the more in shape you are, the quicker you recover, you know, from from damage. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to be in shape. You recover from damage faster. So now let's take him in those uh, Garbrandt fights. And he got hurt in both of them. If yeah. he wasn't on that, boosting his vascular properties, when he got hurt, would he have been in the shape he needed to recover? That's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah. And so then, now, you know what I mean? So now now you fuck up. He fucked up his own career because he got an asterisk. Now you fucking up Garbrandt career because what if you weren't on it and he hurt you and finished you and he was still champ? Yay, 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 yay. You know, I, this the steroid thing messes up everything for me because it's just like 
changing people's like careers, which is their life. You know what I mean? And I'm like, it needs to be hard punishments to me. I agree. I mean, it's it, and everyone always says, you know, it's it's not you're not hitting a ball. You're not out there doing that. You're hitting a human. So there needs to be stricter policy and stricter rules and stricter punishments. I mean, look at and I, I don't I try not to like single people out, but fuck it. I'm going to do it. Look at Vitor Belfort. I, mean, I knew did, you were going to go there. <laughs> he did permanent damage to Michael Bisping's eye. You know, Michael Bisping said that basically he was a one eyed fighter. You know, it, you can't you. I, I just it, it makes me mad. Everybody who has ever been popped for that stuff, there needs to be harder penalties and harsher penalties because you're not you're not going out there and hitting a baseball. You know, the bottom line is in baseball, if you take steroids, I don't give a shit. I don't care. You're hitting a baseball over a fence. No, no harm, no foul. But these guys are like physically damaging each other. And if you take a shortcut and you cheat to achieve that in a more effective and violent fashion, you deserve what you get. I, I agree. See, and everybody always looked at it just as like, oh, you're doing the damage to him. That was always number two to me. Mine is you're damaging dreams and, and legacies and, exactly. and, and, and careers. That was always more important to me. You know, and, as a fighter, we're going to take the damage. Fuck it. But, like, when you have a guy who was champ and he's not champ, and now he asked, now you have to wonder would he have still been champ like Garbrandt and – Think of the money and that Cody Garbrandt lost. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. You lost a legacy. Now, you, you had, like, no defense or whatever. Now, you could have been on your second, third, or fourth. Exactly. You lost money. You lose sponsorship. You lose reputation, and reputation equals money in sports. You know, you you lose notoriety. And you, that's you start a, getting credits. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, absolutely crazy. And that's the thing that in terms of the penalty, like T.J. Dillashaw is going to sit out his two years. Okay, congratulations. You're losing things now too, but you cheated, so you deserve to lose those. What what repercussions does Cody Garbrandt have to come back and say, hey, look, what about what, what I lost? Where do I get restitution for, for the things that I lost due to his cheating? Yeah. And there, yeah. there is none. There's none of that. So yeah. I don't it's, know, man. It's crazy. What I what I feel like, this is how I feel. I feel like if you get popped one time, two years out, if you get popped the second time, you're out the UFC. It's, it's and, 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 ain't, and ain't no coming back. And I also feel like this, and most people be like, that's kind of extreme. I feel like if you get popped with steroids even one time and you were ever a champ, they take that shit off your record. You Like, you were never... You were never a champ, you know, and most people be like, you can't do that. But I say, fuck you to those people watch sports, because if you look at the Olympics now, you see how many Russians are getting their gold medals taken. That's getting yeah. caught with steroids way later. Yeah, you know what I mean? those so, things left and right. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I'm like, man, give me, me a gold medal. Like, <laughs> let me borrow one. And and the <laughs> thing is, I feel like you, you like if you were a champ, you get popped. No, nah, you were never a champ. Go get clean. Come back two years later. Now you got to become a champ this time, and, and it counts. That, that it needs to be be harsh. And I feel like the the fine should be something ridiculous, where you like, fuck, I never want to do this again. I lost I, I lost all my rankings as a champ. 
I'm out two years and I got and I got fined like a million or something crazy like that. Man. Here's I, my problem. And, and it's not a problem with anything that you're saying in terms of the the harshness of the punishment. I simply have an issue that I don't trust USADA. Um, and I don't think all drug failures are the same. There's a lot of fucking shady supplements out there that the guys they're taking. And I believe it. I believe it to be true that there are some of these fighters that have pot, pissed hot for things that took a supplement that didn't know that such and such was in it and whatever. But if you're taking, if you're on gear, if you're on steroids and you pop for a steroid, sorry, you get what you get. You shouldn't do that shit. Yeah, the thing is, they don't. I tell you like this: there is shit with with stuff in it you don't know. Uh, you remember Zion's when they were sponsoring the UFC? Fuck yeah, dude. So I was taking this one Zion supplement, and I went fucking crazy, and I didn't know why I went fucking crazy. <laughs> and then after that, when it comes out, hell of the Zion supplements has shit in it. I don't know if you remember that, and that's, that's... why UFC like split up with them. Hell of the supplements has shit in it. But I took some Zion's, and I was mad about nothing. I was like making a bowl of fucking cereal and then like, <laughs> you know, like pouring the milk. I'm like, it's not, cr- it's, it's, the cereal's wet, even though the milk is going in and it's supposed to be met wet. And I'm like bad about it and shit. Dude. Don't worry about Dom. He's on that Zion shit. Zion's had me on some other fucking shit, man. That's I don't know funny. what was going on with Zion's. Then when it came out, I said, oh, fuck. But, uh, but the thing I hate about Usada is they will pop Billy Bob and get his dude the worst punishment ever, and then they will excuse John Jones. Well, yeah, that's that, that's we talked about this yesterday for a while too. I don't know what the answer is, but I know that you have to have one. In my opinion, at least, you have to have one body that does the independent testing, and another body that takes those results. And issues the punishments and levies the suspensions and all of that. And it can't have anything to do with promotion. It can't have anything to do with these crooked athletic commissions. You have to have a government agency of some form that is a separate entity entirely from the people that are doing the testing. And those people are the ones who need to determine the penalties and all that. Because it's it's horseshit. Look at... I mean, a perfect example of John Jones and Frank Muir both popping for the same thing. You know, John Jones is back fighting. Frank Muir, he he took his, he had to sit out, you know. He lost millions of dollars because of it. No, let me tell you, let me tell you some shit you might not know about. So when you talk about they have to do an outside entity, like it can't be the promotion or like some like it has to be you you don't even understand how true that is. So one FC, you know, they talk they talk about they test everybody, blah, 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 blah. I tell you like this, I'm in Asia. about ninety percent of dudes I train would be on shit. Especially in when I was in Huket. It was probably like ninety five percent of the dudes. And I shit you not, like 95, the, the, the main gyms there are all next to pharmacies where you can buy the highest grades of steroids of any type for a fourth of the price of the U.S. 
And I found this out because I went to get uh, a, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, like an NSAID, and some dude started ordering shit right there. And I was like, what? And this is when I was first in Thailand, what? And I found <laughs> out. And I said, no wonder why everybody look ripped, you know? And when if she is saying like, oh, we test people, nobody in here is on shit, blah, blah, blah. But I knew guys fighting in one she that I was training with no shit. I'm like, what? So this was going on years ago. So recently a dude, my homeboy, Will Chope, he, he fought the most of anybody in Asia. He comes out while they saying this recently, and he's like, nah, it's people on that shit. You guys don't, you guys don't work with USADA. Why are you saying you work with USADA and, and WADA and all this other stuff? You guys are all in-house. You test who you want, don't test who you want, you ain't testing. So the owner writes him back online like oh you know that's not true we work with usada blah 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 and then starts to sue him like oh i wish you well and, and threatens to sue him like take down the post or you're getting sued so will trope has to take down the post usada finds out about all this and comes out and say hey we have nothing to do with you guys so what are you talking about so it's like wow all this shit's bullshit man whether it's all bullshit. They need to, I don't know what the real solution is. Cause I tell you like this, if it's in-house like 1FC, it ain't getting done. And if it's USADA like UFC, it's getting done. Cause I don't want to say they haven't cleaned up a lot, but it ain't getting done fairly. Yeah. And it ain't always getting done right. So I don't really know what the solution is. I know UFC is closer than 1FC. Cause 1FC, man, they, they hire their own refs. They own judges. They own drug. You can't. I don't trust anything like that. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't yeah. trust anything where the where the owner, the promotion, picking all this shit. Up. Nah. Nope. So do I don't know what the I don't know what the solution is, my man. I don't either. I wish I did, but I I don't know the solution. But I know that you know you're playing with everybody's career, and you got to have it figured out because what's been happening with Usada has proven to not been how it should be it, it's it's yeah. it hasn't been an even playing field for everybody and people like to use john jones as like the lead example of that and rightfully so because i mean that guy whatever i mean he's failed what he failed the guy says he took a dick pill from someone that he did you know gave to him that he didn't know what it was you're a fucking professional athlete you have a responsibility to know what you're putting in your body dude let's be real here why the fuck would he be taking a dick pill? Now, it was none He's a 28-year-old professional yeah. athlete. Yeah, yeah. If he needs dick pills, what fucking hell. hope do I have? <laughs> Testosterone. No, here's the thing. When I knew he was on steroids, do you remember when they started showing the pictures of him with the power lifters at that yes. gym? Yes. And, it, and he gained like 15 pounds of muscle. Do you know how hard it is to gain 15 pounds of muscle, 15, 20 pounds of muscle, and how long it takes? Yeah. Dude. And look at it. Frank Mir was looking the same way. Remember when Frank Mir blew up like that? Absolutely. And he blew up like that in like two months. You ain't gaining no 15, 20 pounds of muscle, no matter what trainer's world you have, without no shit in no two months. It's like, come on, man. And John Jones is tall and skinny. He's like an ectomorph type. How do you go from that to looking like a tall mesomorph? And I'm like, dude, you on that shit. I'm about to make a website, domdog.com. I'm about to start looking at all the fights when people are clearly on steroids and turning those wins to losses and getting people true true records, man. Because it's, 
it's a lot of it's, people got records that they were just cheating against some of these wins, man. It's cheating, crazy, man. It's, you it's, know how many people I fought? I'm not gonna say the names, but you uh, UFC guys I fought and beat and became cool with after, and then after you become cool, they just talk more freely with you. They're like, yeah, yeah, I was on steroids when I fought you. And I'm like, I fucking knew it, dude. And they just open with it, like, after you become cool. Dude, so many dudes are on shit, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, the steroid business and the, in the, you know, the, the business that I'd like to have a piece of is the covering it up business, the uh, masking business, because that has yeah, to be Yeah, let me get incredible. in on that. Let me get some money from that. No shit, because I as much <laughs> as these guys are doing and passing tests, there's got to be some incredible masking agents you know, that, out there. Yeah, yeah that, that's your cost. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Steroids isn't going away, obviously. Cheating's not going away. We just need a more effective way to deal with it. But... It's easy to say. I don't know the answer, and I, I don't know that we're going to get an answer that everybody's factory, but I'm not trying okay, I want, to, I like... I want to talk about something. I got something to talk about that's sure. interesting. Okay, I've been reading all this stuff, and everybody talk about Khabib being unbeatable and, like, the god of lightweights. I don't look at it that way. And I'm like, am I the only one in the world? Because... So one thing I noticed I looked at differently as well, you remember when Connor fought Khabib, right? Sure. So Connor fought Khabib, and everybody was like, man, he got mauled, he got smashed, he got fucked up. And I was like, am I high? Like, I was wondering if I was high, because I see this from 100 of 100 people online. I'm like, why am I the only one that don't see that fight like that? I did fight and I saw Connor do a lot of things well and I saw Khabib taking hits and this and that and I had a whole different view of, about it and I was like man this is this was Khabib's most competitive fight outside of Gleason Tabao let me put that in you yeah. know because I think Gleason beat him uh, and, and but uh outside of that I'm like man this is the like first round he lost officially everything like how are people dogging Connor? And then when I see him fight Dustin and everybody's 100 of 100, I look online saying like it was flawless, too. And I'm like, dude, I saw so much shit he did wrong when Dustin went at him aggressively, where if it was like Gaethje or somebody, that was good night. Or like Tony Ferguson, you know, and I'm like, dude, do you remember what was it, round two? When Dustin went off on him, I believe. Yeah, he hit him with a with a nice right hand and then caught him yeah. with a second right. Yeah, and then went and started throwing all those combinations. And Khabib had both his hands back, leaning backwards, and yeah. and looked like panicked. And he had Khabib against the cage, lending off more combos, and he was on the run. You remember Khabib was on the the back foot, getting just combos thrown at him. And I'm like, dude, that didn't look, that didn't look good, you know. And yeah, he doesn't. Like, he does not always look good when he's defending strikes. He he puts his hands down. I mean, there was a couple that Dustin threw that just barely missed Khabib, and it wasn't because Khabib did anything to to block those or parry those. It's just because they they were a little bit short. But yeah, Khabib's shortcoming is for sure when he's heavily pressured and he starts taking some shots. 
he doesn't defend well. But the other side of that is the guy's 28-0. So he does have moments where he has issues and he might, until somebody can, can bridge the gap between I had a 30-second window of success versus Khabib to I was able to beat Nurmagomedov, I'm going to go ahead and say that the guy's the best there is. And I don't think Justin Gagey can – I think if Nurmagomedov and Gagey fight 10 times, uh, Khabib wins 10 times. See, I don't let think, me give it, I don't let think me that's give it a to competitive you from how fight. I see it. I'm going to give it to you how I see it, the Greg Blackson report. This is how I see it. All right. Because I hear what you're saying, but I look at things a little different. I take – like you said, it was only those moments, right? And let's also not but, before before you continue. Let's also not forget, Dustin had him in a very deep um, guillotine choke. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was deep. But yeah. the the thirty seconds though, I look at it like this: What are the commonalities? Facts. So you're right. It was it was Michael Johnson did what? He went forward. Yes. Dustin Poirier did what? He went forward. Connor did what? He went forward. So the three times you see Khabib look uncomfortable, and let's just say that's 90 seconds of 27 fights. The 90-second commonality of him getting cracked, hurt, or looking uncomfortable and panicked was when the, the 90 seconds that someone went forward on him. That's what I look for. I don't care about somebody doing something comfortable. If Khabib is going forward, already know he's going to look good. If Khabib got you near the cage, already know he's going to look good. If Khabib got you, got you on your back, already know he's going to look good. If he's on, if he on the double or the single on you on the cage, already know he's going to reap the body. Already know he's going to high crotch. And if you got good balance, trip the the back foot. I, yep. I've seen it all before. If you stand up, already know he's going to knee bump. And then try to put the uh, the, the hook in. I, I've seen it a million times. I know what he's good at. But what what about when you make him do something he ain't comfortable? And all of that 90 seconds tells me a lot, a lot. Now it's just going to take the guy that says, I don't give a fuck, and goes towards him. And to me, Gaethje, Ferguson, and Gregor are the three guys that have that mentality. I don't see anybody else in a lightweight division that that does. Did you see what Gaethje did to Barbosa? Sure. He didn't give a fuck. Who do you see leg kicking back with Barbosa and like, what's up? And then just crack his shit. Gaethje yeah, nobody. And, and Gaethje doesn't use his wrestling uh, offensively. He uses it defense. You don't see anybody just taking Gaethje down like that. And then if you look at Ferguson, do you do Ferguson on the ground and Poirier are worlds apart? And, yeah, Ferguson is and, this is the scariest fight for Khabib in my opinion. Me too. It always has been. And if he almost choked him, take Ferguson, who's bigger than Poirier and longer than Poirier and better at jujitsu, and his specialty are choke variants. Now let's put him in that same position. Would Khabib have gotten out? Maybe. Maybe not. I bet you it would have been a lot harder. And the other thing is you will not see Ferguson backing up. You won't see it. 
He no, fights. I, no, I agree with you. Even, even dudes I think he should back up, he ain't backing up. You won't see it. So now you have somebody that's not whatchamacallit. That's not Lynn Khabib do his best thing. He wants to go forward. Oh, yeah, be scared of me. I'm going to take you down. That just makes it that much easier. And if you look at that, the, the Poirier one, I look at that one like even more than a McGregor or the, or the Michael Johnson one because it wasn't just a moment like McGregor or Michael Johnson. It was an extended moment. He was he had Khabib backing up and backing up. Khabib was against the cage. He was in the center getting punched at, backed up to the cage, and he still pursued him. And he had Khabib running along the side of the cage and stumbling back trying to get out of there. We've never seen that before. You know, we've I never hear what seen you're saying. That I understand like, that. That was like a 10-second moment of him backing up looking panicked. And I was looking at it like, whoa. And I was like telling truth. Oh, is he about to get knocked out? It was crazy. Now take somebody who has that mentality the whole fight. That's like, fuck it, let's go. I just, I, and I hear what you're saying. It makes sense. If you look at the times that uh, Nurmagomedov has had issues, it's with fighters who are Tony, Tony for, or Tony is like completely cut from that cloth the whole time. His style mm -hmm. is custom made to give uh, Habib fits. My problem is this. Until I see it happen, I don't believe it can happen. <laughs> and I just think that Khabib is just, I think he's on another level, man. And I think that despite the fact that Tony Ferguson is going to come out like a bat out of hell and charge forward and do everything else, I think that it's just, it's a zero-sum game. You, you play with him, Nurmagomedov is eventually going to take you down and... He's going to use superior positioning when he does that. And listen, I'm saying this: if if Dustin Poirier almost got him in the in the guillotine and almost submitted him, if if Tony Ferguson puts Khabib in that Darce choke of his, it's a fucking wrap. Yeah, but he'll, see, I feel like you miss. I feel like uh, you miss analyzing. Like I see everybody. Here's how I look at it: We've seen Khabib fight jujitsu guys and beat the fuck out of them. Yeah. We've seen Khabib fight strikers and beat the fuck out of them. Guess what we've never seen Khabib fight, but we have. And you'll understand what I mean in a minute. We've never seen Khabib, and you could go look at his record after, fight a person from a wrestling background. That's what we haven't seen yet. But the reason why I say we haven't and we have, Gleason is not from a wrestling background, He's a jujitsu from a jujitsu background that happened to make wrestling his best part of his game. And when did we see Khabib the most comfortable, uncomfortable ever in his career that almost everybody says he lost? It was versus Gleason. And I still think he lost that. And most people do. That was the most uncomfortable he ever looked. And it's versus the guy who made wrestling his strength not from a wrestling background. What's the commonality in Ferguson, Giuseppe, and Gaethje? They're all from a wrestling background. And two of the three of them reach Division One, which is Gaethje and Giuseppe. Yeah. So now so now we have we see our back could be dead with the guy not from a wrestling background that learned wrestling well. Now he has three people who 
are from a wrestling background. And if you take one of them, for, it's, it's a Division One guy who's a murderous puncher in Gaethje, a Division One, I mean, I mean uh, uh, a high-level guy who has murderous jujitsu, I don't give a fuck attitude, unlimited cardio, and good strikes in Ferguson. And then you have a damn near Olympic trials guy, Division One, three or four time All American in Giuseppe, almost the highest level of wrestling. Those are the dudes. Those I, are the I'm, dudes. So people feel like they haven't seen Khabib, like you just was like, I haven't seen it. But really, if you take the wrestling part of it, we all have. And he didn't look good. But now people haven't seen him fight a wrestler in so long. Nobody's thinking about that. Like, he's, we, we've seen, we're watching a grappler fight a jiu-jitsu guy. We're watching a grappler fight a striker. To me, he's supposed to win. Because I, I would pick a high-level wrestler that knows some jiu-jitsu over just a jiu-jitsu guy almost any day. Sure, absolutely. I would, too. And I would pick a high-level grappler over a guy that's mostly a striker almost any day, too. So Khabib, to me, is winning fights. I expect him to win. I want to see him fight the guys who fucking can wrestle, too. That's what I've always been waiting for, you know? Yeah. And people, are, the casual fans aren't even looking at that, that of the, the guys he's fighting in their backgrounds. Dustin's a boxer. You know what I mean? Uh, 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 what you a kickboxer, Barbosa. Rafael Dos Santos is a jiu-jitsu guy. I mean, Ali Akinta has a wrestling background, but not in an elite wrestling background. Oh, yeah, he did, true. But I mean, for that stuff. matter, you could say Pat Healy has a wrestling background as well. But I understand completely what you're saying. We're, we're talking about different levels of wrestling. We've yet to see him But look against... at Al, though. You brought up Al, which I like. Al gave him fits on like a week's notice. Yeah. You know? So he doesn't do that well with those grappling types. And if you think about it, you brought up Pat Healy. Shout out to Pat Healy. You know, mm -hmm. he cool. And uh, that wasn't an easy fight for him either. Yeah. He was throwing Pat Healy around. But do you? But here's the thing, because people would be like, man, he steamrolled him. Okay, I agree. He did. He beat him. Pat Healy didn't have him in any trouble. But like I said, I look at something different. So let's put those two in in there now let's take the three he did fight of the grapplers to bow one to everybody but the dumb judges Iaquinta took him to five rounds on a week's notice and Pat Healy guess what got dominated but he did one thing nobody none of these strikers or, or uh which of college really do he consistently was able to get back to his feet do you remember that? I do remember that. I, I remember yep. that fight pretty vividly. Yeah, he consistently got back to his feet, always. So it shows you, see, if you look deeper, like, you can always see more. You know, you can always see more if you look at at everything deeper. Because most people be like, man, he smashed Healy. And, that's, and then they stop looking. And I'm like, yeah, yeah he did. But, but, but. Look at that. Poirier, Poirier to me is a way better fighter than Healy. But look at Poirier. He 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 was going getting down and staying down most of the time. Healy was getting right back up. So this wrestling background is affecting the way Khabib is fighting. That's that's an actually that's a really good point. Um the fact that a, a guy with the wrestling base who 
has a strong wrestling base, is able to get out from under Khabib, which, you know, a guy who just is a boxer first and wrestles a little bit or whatever, you know, they, they tend to get held down and kept on the ground. So Yeah, and Giuseppe's going to try to wrestle him. We've never seen Khabib getting wrestled. We Jim Miller is a guy that seems to me they would wrestle him as well. Which one, Jim Miller? Yeah. yeah I think, you know what? I would have agreed with that, but not anymore. He fell too, too much in love with striking now. So he's not even fighting how he used to. Yeah. You, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. The old Jim Miller, what I've now, I don't know what's going on. He didn't knock a few dudes out and lost his damn mind. <laughs> I still love him though, but he lost his mind. He don't even grapple no more. He's like, let's go. But, but Giuseppe, you know what I mean? Like, you ever see those guys where you see them in MMA? And uh, they're from a jujitsu background, and you see them in MMA, and they on top, and you're like, "Oh my God, they're a monster!" But then when you see them on bottom, they look like a, a blue belt, and you're like, "What?" You know, <laughs> you seen Khabib doing the offense, and we're like, "Oh, that's a monster." We never seen him defending. We don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? I have to presume he has good defense because when you look at Makachev, Makachev has the offense and the defense. But we've never we never seen anybody attacking Khabib. And just because Makachev trains with him don't mean they're the same person, you know? And sure. Giuseppe, well, that dude don't get tired neither. Yeah, that's a fact. You know, you know what I mean? I'll tell you what, one thing about it is it's an interesting aspect because it's the one thing we haven't really seen with Nurmagomedov that is at least interesting to see because I, I just, he's, I don't know, man, I, I'm... I'm kind of from the opposite side of you on this one. I feel like he doesn't get a lot of pound-for-pound pound love, but in my opinion, he's on that short list of pound-for-pound pound great fighters. And until someone can put him on his back and keep him there, or until someone can take that you know window of damage and actually turn it into something meaningful, I, I just I'm I'm skeptical. And I understand what you're saying. I understand the. Uh, analysis and everything else and i think that you're right when you say tony fernandez and justin gage and those guys present the kind of style that could potentially be troublesome to uh to uh habib but i just don't think that gagey's at the level to do it i think tony ferguson is and i think that's the most interesting fight left to make it at lightweight for sure i i do too i would put it as as at threat level I would have uh, Ferguson, Giuseppe, and Gaethje in that order. But those are the only three guys that I feel do a threat. Because Gaethje, I know, walks forward. He fights everybody the same. He walks forward. And with that kind of power and Khabib having that habit of not liking pressure and putting his hands down and his chin chin up, man, no, I don't know. And Gaethje is, is, is pretty accurate with that overhand right. You know what I mean? He's yeah, and, and I had I don't I like Gage. I love the way he fights and everything else, but you know back to back losses against Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier, I just don't know that he's a guy that doesn't get melted by by uh, Nurmagomedov. I, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean that's a thing. But that's I, different though. That's different. That's those are guys who are who are find fire with fire, and it's a it's a it's a war of attrition. Whose chin is going to last longer? and Who's going to hit the other person right? Khabib's not. If Khabib's standing there with him like those two did, he's dead. He can't fight Gaethje like that. So he has to wrestle wrestle Gaethje. And now, but and we don't know how well Gaethje's defense is going to hold up against it. We know he's Division One. 
So that's what makes it interesting to me because Gaethje's only losses are people who were willing to go war of attrition and lasting. And if you think about it, those are the only two people in Gaethje's career who have went toe-to-toe with him and lasted, or even not went toe-to-toe with him but stood a little bit too long and lasted. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm 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 all I'm all for it. I want to see it. I think that Justin Gagey's got his hands full in his next fight. Who is he fighting, Cerrone? Uh, yes. Oh, oh. I want to see. I think he's gonna knock Cerrone out. I think the uh, I think Cerrone's gonna submit him, but that's just you do. Yeah, and I think it's what it's in it just like a week. It's coming yeah, up pretty I think, quick. I think he'll knock Cerrone out because Cerrone stands up tall. He I think Cerrone's gonna fight Gagey smarter than uh, than he has in the past. I, at least I hope. Um, I, if, that's a, that's, I that's coming up pretty weird. quick. Yeah, but I think that if if he stands there striking with him, uh, I think he's gonna get knocked down. I don't think it'll take too long. He stands up tall. He doesn't have good footwork, and he has no head movement. And you find the person who's who's overhand right is his best weapon. Agreed. Those things are uh-huh. – uh, if he fights against Justin Gagey in his typical style that he's been fighting lately where he, he bangs and stands and bangs like he did with, you know, in his last fight, uh, yeah, he's in trouble. But I just – something tells me he's going to go back a little bit to his wrestling and to his his uh, submission game. And it, it, I think it's going to be a, a, a good fight. I think – isn't it this coming weekend in Vancouver? I think it is. Let's see. I'm going to – computer right now so i think it's this coming how the saturday. hell do i spell his name uh actually i'm looking at it now i just pulled it up it is saturday it's this coming saturday, saturday in vancouver and i mean glover texera is fighting Krylov oh that's my boy glover yeah yeah Uriah i know, Hall's I know fighting glover like 15 years nice oh yeah okay Uriah let's Hall. talk about these fights let's do it all right, let's talk about. And then we got a couple news items we got to cover too before we, uh, before we wrap the the second episode. But yeah, let's talk. Right. Cerrone Gagey, we just kind of talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, that's that fight is can't miss. I think it's gonna be a good fight. Regardless. I do too. Uh, I love Glover, Glover just like you. Nikita Krylov. I think Glover got that one. I don't know. Nikita's <laughs> at light heavyweight, but for some reason he looks like a middleweight to me. Yeah, he does. He does have a middleweight frame. I just, man, I, I just don't know. It's that, That's a competitive fight that I'm excited to watch. Todd Duffy's back. Yeah, welcome back, Todd Duffy. He's fighting uh, Jeff Hughes, a kind of a, another big guy that's... I don't know who I, that is. Personally, I think Todd Duffy wins that fight. Todd Duffy got, like, unlimited power and no chin, so I never know what's going that's, on with him. That's the absolute fact. That. You summed up Todd Duffy better than I ever could. <laughs> oh, Michael Pierre is fighting. Is he? I didn't know that. Who's he Dude, on the card against? He, to be announced, but you know, he's crazy. I was watching him in Road FC doing like triple backflips off the cage on some dude balls and everything. I was like, what? <laughs> this dude's crazy. Then they put him in the UFC, and who did he fight? Hot Chocolate. Danny Roberts, and just wiped him out. Yeah, that guy is that guy is fun to watch for yeah. sure. Yeah, Hunter Azur, a guy that I like, that's uh, from my neck of the woods up in Montana, where I'm from. Who is he? Won on the uh, his name is Hunter Azur. He I was on the Dana White Consender series this year, and uh, he's got he's making his official UFC debut against uh, Brad Katona. 
So that fight I'll have my eyes on. Who else is I mean, there's, there? There's a lot of good fights on this card, Oh, dude. Antonio Carlos Jr. is going to middleweight now? Yeah, he's going to take on Uriah Hall in another That's fight that I'm... interesting. Yeah, good old shoe face. That's interesting. Who do you have in that one? I'm torn, dude. I want to say shoe face wins, but I love Uriah Hall. <laughs> I want you I to know. I just think that's one of like the best dudes ever. And I, I really, really want him to win. Nothing against shoe face at all, but I really want Uriah Hall to win. But if I had to, if I'm putting, taking money out of my pocket, I got to bet uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. I I want you to know, I spar Uriah Hall, and I'm a lightweight. And why did he go fucking crazy? <laughs> I don't know if you ever see sparring videos of him online, but he's crazy in them. And that's how it is in real life. But it was, like, weird because he was crazy in sparring. And I was like, man, hold on. First of all, we both black. Why are you trying to do this black-on-black crime on me? Second of all, I'm a lightweight. Third of all, like, what? With after all ages, he started wanting moves and was all nice after the spot. I was like, this is confusing me. You just tried <laughs> to kill me. Now you show like, moves and everything. But he's a nice dude, though. But in sparring, he, he a damn fool. That's funny. I don't know. Ooh, Misha Serkinov and Jimmy Crew. Yeah, that's that's a fight, too. I like that. That I Jimmy Crew guy, is a, he just a bruiser. Yeah, I, this is a fun, fun card. I'm almost, I almost kicked around the idea. It's only like two and a half hours for me to drive up to Vancouver. I almost went up and check it out, but I didn't. Man, you should have, man. I hear Canada cool too. Yeah, it is actually. You should have went to that. I know it. I should have, but I didn't because I'm an idiot. <laughs> But yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely, I love the card from top to bottom. I'm gonna be, I'm way more into the card next this coming Saturday than I was to UFC 242, to be honest with you. Um, I love the the Nurmagomedov Poye fight on paper, but the rest of the card for me didn't really interest me a whole hell of a lot. I mean, there's obviously a few fights that I wanted to see, but this this card coming up in Canada is just, it's bananas. Oh, yeah, I want to see this one. I heard there were some good finishes on that uh, the UFC card, though. Some pretty good ones. Dude, there was one. I can't. I'm trying to remember who it was. It was uh, uh Zaitar. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. he he killed a guy. <laughs> That's dude. I know. That dude probably still laying there. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was violent. It Man. was, uh, it was, it was crazy. It was one of the, the most violent knockouts I've seen in a long time. But yeah, that, that was a. That dude has a lot of knockouts on his record, too. He him does. and his brother. Him and his brother. I agree. Well, let's, uh, real quick before we, uh, wrap this up, we got news. I don't know if you watched Bellator last night, but they watched, no, they, uh. Tell me about it. I was gonna uh, ask you about it. Tell me. I didn't get to see it yet. I gotta find highlights. Well, the card was was a good card. The, the main event was garbage. Basically, uh, Ryan Bader came out and hit, hit Chet Congo with a couple lefts, then took him down, mounted him, and everything else. And like a few minutes into the fight, he thumbed him in the eye. And uh, 
Chuck Congo told the doctors he couldn't see and he couldn't continue. So it was a no contest. That's that sounds like crap. Yeah, I mean, it, his eye was looking pretty fucked up, and Ryan Bader, right or wrong or indifferent or whatever, definitely thumbed him in the eye pretty good. But they ruled it <laughs> an accidental eye uh, eye poke, and as a result, it was a no contest. But more exciting to me on that card is the the first four of the first eight uh, featherweight tournament fights where it took place, and so I love the. Uh, Derek Campos came out and beat Daniel Strauss. Um, what? I, he did? I, I agree. I thought for sure Strauss was going to win that fight. You know what? Did um, Strauss have a long layoff, though? He did, but he, he this is his second fight back from that layoff. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, and so it was weird. No, no excuses it, for him. Yeah, no excuses. It was a three-round fight. I was trying fight. to help a brother out. <laughs> I hear you. I totally denied it, too. I'm, I'm a dick like that. They fought three rounds, and they scored a draw, so they went to a fourth round because it's a tournament. And uh, in the overtime round, Campos controlled the action, and he, he got the win. And it was, it was, you know, good for Campos. He had lost, I think, three straight or heading into the tournament. So, But he got a win. Uh, Pat Curran was lost to Adam Borch. Dude, Adam Borch, I like. You that, and I me like both. Adam Borch, yeah. Yeah, it was a good fight. Uh, Adam got him out of there in the second round um, with some ground and pound. He TKO'd him. It was pretty it was pretty good. And I mean, Borks is fourteen and zero now. The guy is talented, and this is a really deep featherweight field. So I'm excited for it. Uh, Pedro Carvalho beat Sam uh, Cecilia, which I kind of I don't expected. Know who Pedro is. I don't know who he is. Yeah, he's. I don't. I don't. I don't know. He's a good enough fighter. I don't think he's going to win another fight in the tournament. I think he's one and done. But uh, he beat Sam Cecilia. It was a tough fight. He face cranked him, neck cranked him in the second round. And then in the other uh, opening featherweight fight, Emmanuel Sanchez, who I like a lot, uh, beat Taiwan Claxton. Claxton, yeah. I like both of them. I like you and me both, both of those guys, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. like that one was real interesting to me. I was curious who was gonna win. It was a good fight. Uh Claxton had some success with takedowns in the first round. And uh in the second round, Sanchez caught him in a triangle choke. And Claxton was in it for quite a while and did a good job of fighting it and fighting it, you know. And then finally uh Sanchez was able to turn his hips over a little bit or, or switch his hips a little bit. And lock it down, pull down on the head, and he got the submission. But yeah, it was an exciting first four fights. There's four more fights in the first round. Wait, what happened with uh my homie fight on there? My little homie Gaston from my from my one of my uh, uh, gyms yeah. back home. Got, Let's say what happened. Yeah, he got guillotined. What? Daniel Carey got him out of there in the first round, man. Who the hell is Daniel Carey? Scary Daniel Carey, I guess is his name. He's seven and three now, and uh, it was the first fight of the uh, main card. It was the first televised fight, and uh, he got he got. I missed the first half of the round, um, so I only I only saw like the last minute of the round. So I saw the uh, the guillotine choke. But yeah, that's how Gaston's a striker. So uh, tell me how that he even got guillotine. 
I have no idea. Like I said, I missed the first half of the fight. By the time I turned it on, uh, he was on, he was already in the choke and it, it just, he had no choice. It was deep and he, he had to tap. So, I mean, I have to go back uh, and watch the fight and see how it happened. But yeah. I gotta watch highlights, man. I know we don't have much time because I'm on Asian this late, but I have to bring something up before the show over. Let's hear What's it. going on with the welterweight division? So, now I guess Usman and, uh, I don't know if you're <laughs> keeping up, but Usman and Covington arguing with UFC and they take Covington out. Then they put Masvidal to fight Usman. And then I heard, uh, I was reading from Errol Hawani that Usman didn't want to fight Masvidal and it got so bad, they were going to strip him of his title. And now they're making Masvidal Nate Diaz. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy from what I was told. I was told that Colby Covington wouldn't sign the contract to fight Usman for the money that he was being offered. And that's why that fight didn't come together because that was the fight they were trying to make to headline that card. Mm -hmm. And uh, Colby Covington, I guess, decided that uh, he wasn't being paid fairly for his services and he opted not to sign it. And you'll never hear him say that. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be a different spin that's put on it. And I guess uh, Nate Diaz and Masvidal were like, fuck it, let's do it. No, I guess that they gave before that happened, though, they gave Masvidal to Usman, and Usman turned it down. Yeah, that I I didn't know that. That surprises me if that's the case. Yeah, Errol Hawani was talking about it, and Brett Akimoto, everybody, and and then and uh, I guess it got worse with Usman than even with uh, Covington, from what I yeah, was. Yeah, I think that I I and maybe I'm just stupid on this, but. I think if you're the champion, you fight who the UFC presents you to fight. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You signed a contract. You made a deal. You said, I'll fight this many times for this much money. You know, you're champion, so you get a, you get, you know, percentage of the, of the, you know, pay-per-view points or whatever it is. Fight who they want you to fight. And Masvidal is who they wanted him to fight when Colby said no. I don't, I don't like that shit. I don't like champions holding divisions hostage. Dude, and you know what makes me mad? How the hell was he talking shit about Woodley not finding people and always being injured, and now he not finding people and always injured? I tell you what, man, it, it must be a different story when you get that belt around your waist because you must I, – I, only thing I can think, dumb, and, I, and like, again, again, I don't know is I think that once you get that belt around your waist and the financial windfall that comes with it, you change your mind on what on what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do to risk it. And I don't think that's the heart of a fighter. I think if you're a fighter and you're the champion, you, you're a fucking fighting champion. You here's fight how, who they ask you yeah, to fight. Yeah, here's how I, I, you'll never hear and you and you and I the way I would be if you're a champ and I say this who you find and you say no, you ain't the champ no more. Yeah, you'll never hear like a Robert Whitaker saying, no, I'm not going to take that fight. Dude, he fought the boogeyman twice. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's it's bananas, man. I, I don't understand it. I don't see how these guys get these championships and then all of a sudden think, I'm in the driver's seat. I yeah. run the show. And uh, I, I'm with you. I think that the UFC, enough of these interim titles, I think if you're a champion and you're not injured and you can make a fight, and you opt to not fight somebody, you run the risk of being stripped of your title. Yeah, I, I think so too, man. I want because I got a real problem being a man 
and having two balls between my legs when I see women being more manly than men. And um, Amanda Nunez is more man than half them dudes. You know, she'd be like, what's up? Give me Holly Holm. Give me Cyborg. Give She'll me whoever. fucking fight Let's anybody. Go. Give me Henry Cejudo, whatever. Like, she don't yeah. care, man. She don't I get care. a feeling that you could put a contract in front of Amanda Nunez with an empty slot next to it. And she'll sign that shit. Yeah. She'll like, yeah. get me to the cage. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm I'm with that. And you know, here's how else I feel. If you got a person that's like that and they didn't defend it, they title a few times and doing some things. If they got a special request like, hey, I'm going to fight this person instead of this person, I feel like, okay, you know, give, it's, them that. give, give them that. But when you win mm-hmm. a title and you ain't done shit, like, nah, don't, don't say no. You got to fight whoever is presented, you know? You reward behavior with with rewards. That's why it's a reward. If you don't fight who they want you to fight, there's a punishment associated with that. If you do take who they want you to fight, you fight them, you don't bitch, you don't whine, you don't moan, you should be rewarded with uh, getting an opportunity to fight who you want to fight or fight where you want to fight. You want to fight I your agree. own country? No, no, no problem. I agree. Champions should get... You should get some special treatment if they acting like champions and they winning like champions. Oh, so what do you think about what Dana White said? If Ferguson don't make the Khabib fight, Connor gets the shot. That's bullshit. Give me a break with Connor McGregor already, dude. How the hell is he in the rankings and ain't fighting 200 years? Because he's Connor McGregor. He's, you know, he's. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't even care. I mean. I have zero interest in seeing Conor McGregor fight anybody to be Dude, it saddens me because I I always watch up-and-comers. And I was watching him when he was a nobody. And I was like, dude, I love this guy because he just fucking wanted it. And I was like, man, dude. And he wanted it so bad. Like, I ain't too big into the universe manifesting things that you want because it ain't manifested a goddamn thing I've ever wanted. But he did it. And I was like, man, and he was in the UFC still doing it. And then he got money, and it was the worst thing that ever happened to that dude. I don't even know no more. No, that guy's got issues bigger than what's going on in the UFC octagon. He's got legal issues that, uh, you know, I'm not going to really get into all of it. But, uh, yeah, he's got got some issues he's going to have to deal with here in the next couple years that, could be very damaging to his ability to have freedom. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't care about seeing him fight Nurmagomedov again. I think that uh, after Khabib's fight, he said it perfectly. This is what you're seeing here between Dustin Poirier and I is what it should be. It's respect. Mm-hmm. Not like the circus last time. I, I, I don't think that you should talk your way into a championship. Me neither. Conor McGregor should have to win a couple fights. Let him fight Justin Gagey. That, that, yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. If he beats, if the thing is, I feel like he's at a level. If he gets a super high level win, and you want to give him a title shot after that, it's okay. I can. Ex- I agree. I can accept that because he still is up there. I can't deny p- things that he's done, but he need a super high guy. Yeah, you know? I, I would agree with that. Not and uh right back in no man i think it's crazy dana white says yeah if uh tony ferguson can't make the fight for whatever reason conor mcgregor makes a lot of sense yeah I, like, I don't that doesn't make any sense yeah like that don't even make no sense that's because they got his ass at number three 
or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think it's 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 ridiculous, dude. It's it's that's the part of the business that's business and not any kind of uh, professionalism. I mean, these, there's so many fighters out there that deserve better than what they're getting, you know. And the fact that Conor McGregor is the third ranked lightweight in the world. Who's the last fighter he beat? Uh, it was Alvarez, right? He won the title. Is that? No, it was Nate. I think. What? Well, no, it was after. Alvarez was after Nate, wasn't it? Oh no, you're right. It was. Nate. Yeah, it was Nate. It was. No, Nate. it was Alvarez. It was Alvarez. Was it? Was yeah, it Alvarez he fought. And he Nate? fought McGregor in August, and then he fought. Uh, he fought Nate in August, and I think he fought Alvarez in November. Because he wasn't the champion when he fought Nate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fought Nate twice in Alvarez. Yep. Yeah. In 2016. So yeah. He hasn't won a fight in three years. Yeah, in 2016. Yep. And you're saying that it makes sense to plug him into the championship? What? Come on. He hasn't won a fight in, in three years. And it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, whatever. The Dana White is in the Conor McGregor business and he will always be in the conor mcgregor business those two make each other a lot of money and uh at the end of the day that's that's what's going and i don't happen. even like that alvarez win because here's my thing you don't i don't like how you could be at 45 and then go up to 55 and get an automatic title shot i feel like i don't give a damn if you're a champion in another weight class it don't count for the weight class like here's my biggest I feel problem like you with should fight one dude and then get the shot Here's my biggest problem with Conor McGregor, outside of the fact that he's just a world-class asshole. My biggest problem with Conor McGregor is he has never defended a title of any kind. Ever. Ever. No. And that that's not a champion. I remember Matt Hughes said, and, and Matt Hughes is another world-class asshole, but Matt Hughes said that, or maybe it was Pat Militick, one of them said that, you're not a real champion until you've defended your belt once. And uh, I agree with that in a lot of ways. Until you defend your belt, you, you're not really solidified in, as the champion. See, I've never – that was Matt Hughes that said that. I never agreed because it's like if you fight your way – like let's think about it. Tony Ferguson on an eight-fight win streak or something, something crazy. If he wins the belt, why wouldn't that make him the champion? Well, I feel like there's I different levels of being a champion. You're the you know. champion, technically. I mean, you, you leave the octagon with the belt around the waist, you're the champion. But I'm saying, in my mind, I, I don't see you as a solidified, like, this guy's this shit until you defend your title. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't look at it like the person is shit, neither. I look at him like, I got a lot of respect. They're a champion. Look at Tony Ferguson. I think he should have been got a title shot a long time ago. He beat pretty much everybody in the damn lightweight division worth the shit. But, you know what I mean? If you become a champion, I respect it. But when you defend once, twice, three, all it's doing is building my respect for you as a champ. You know? I think, yeah, but, that's probably a better way to say it. You build yeah. your legacy as a champion. Yeah, yeah. By but defending Hughes, your When title. he was saying it, he was literally saying it like you ain't shit till you defend it. And I'm like, Matt Hughes, keep your racist mouth shut. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to hear it no more. I liked Matt yeah. Hughes when he never used to talk and he was just on steroids and would slam people around. Well, that that's the Matt Hughes I think everybody liked. But it, it just turns out that a lot of people don't know. I mean, 
if you're just a casual fan of the sport, you don't know when these guys are assholes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So true. it's like until you actually put in some time and and do some research and talk to these people outside of the octagon and and learn who they are, it's it's tough for me to be a fan of someone that handles themselves in certain ways. I've always and and I've told you this before. The people that I like and that I truly respect, it's more for what they've done outside the octagon than what they do inside the octagon. I mean, yourself, Jake Ellenberger, Shane Burgos, those are the guys that I consider like top-notch people. And it's for how they are outside of the cage. What you do inside of the cage makes me a fan. You know, I'm like anyone else. But I'm not going to fuck with you unless you're a good person. Yeah, that's how I am, too. I could just, like McGregor, I could just lose everything once people just <laughs> lose their damn minds. You know, I'm like, forget this. And I yeah. don't anymore. I can't man, do Conor it. McGregor, man, he's got some issues that he needs to get fixed. Like BJ Penn's got some issues that he needs to get fixed. I was happy to see that. Obviously, I wasn't happy to see he got into another altercation. But I was happy to see Dana White say that after the altercation, he's not going to give BJ Penn, the UFC fight against Nick Lentz. It's just crystal clear that he needs to, you know, get his life together outside of the cage. Dude, that's, nah, BJ, he shouldn't be fighting anybody. Yeah, and Dana White finally came out and said, yeah, it's not going to happen. That's good. But let's see if he sticks with it. He says a lot of, a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dana White is the, is known for not fucking telling the truth. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much his M.O. We'll see, man. We'll see. I, I, I think BJ, he's going to let B.J. fight. I hope not, dude. B.J. Penn is obviously, you know, in kind of a crisis mode situation. I, I just hate to see it. I hate to see fighters. And you know what? I, I People talk about legacy and all that shit. And I'm never going to be the guy that tell a professional athlete when when he should hang him up. I'm just not going to be that guy because I've never stepped in the cage. I've never done a training camp. You know, I've never done those things. So I respect what they do too much to try to tell them as an armchair fan, you need to retire. But I'm also, I see you've lost seven in a row. I see you've lost nine of ten. I see you, BJ Penn. I see you getting in fights out there in, in the bars and in the streets and getting sparked in the street, you know? Yeah, my, my thing is if you care, you got to say something. You know, I mean, I love my Diego man. Sanchez. I love Diego Sanchez. If I never see Diego Sanchez in the octagon again, I'll be fucking happy about that. See, he, to I me, would, he's still fighting. He's he still is fighting. Up a, he's still putting up a fight. So I'm okay, I'm okay with it. BJ ain't even putting – up until the Clay Guida one, he wasn't even putting up a fight. Yeah, I hear you. I just, I mean, I'm I'm buddies with Jens Pulver, and towards the end of Jens Pulver career, every time it came out that he had a fight coming out, I was just like, no. That's how I was, and I love Low Evil. Oh, dude, he's one of the best guys ever. Yeah, just a great guy, and I, that's how I was. I mean, I love to watch him fight, but I don't want to continue to see him fight. And that's how I feel about a lot of fighters. And I feel like if you're if you're in a friendship with one of them and you have a relationship that's a genuine relationship with one of them, 
then sure, you can say, yo, man, I don't, I don't want to see you in there anymore, dude. You know, it hurts my heart to see you go in there and lose. But as a cat, as a casual, you know, someone who, in my opinion, is a fan and a half ass reporter, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to tell a fighter that I don't know, you know, hey, you need to retire. It's just, it's not. It's a respect factor that I just won't yeah, do Yeah, BJ needs it from – I feel like if a guy isn't competitive anymore, they should retire. D, like, Jens, I feel, should retire. BJ, I feel, should retire. Diego, I, I'm like, okay, he ain't looking too bad. It's all right, you know? Yeah, Diego's still scrappy as hell. Yeah, yeah. And when I say him, I don't mean that because – He's washed up and taking too much damage, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's I taking just too don't much wanna, damage. <laughs> yeah, he is taking too much damage. I just don't want to see him get to that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you I, mean. So I think that certain times, there's guys that have proven themselves. They don't owe anybody anything. There's, you know what I mean? And I just, I don't want to see him continue to walk out there and make the walk and fight if it, if it proposes a better, or not a better, but a higher risk than what fighting normally does. I don't want to see it. Yeah, I agree. But you know Diego ain't hanging up no time soon. He out his damn mind. Yeah, he's he's batshit crazy, and I love him. Well, I got to wrap it up, man. It's 12.30 a.m. Got to go to work, people. There you go. Got to go to work. So <laughs> next time, you know we got to discuss Nate Diaz Masvidal, too. For sure, dude. I got so much to talk about on that. We, we, we'll probably we, have to do, we, have to, we have to do these more often. We really do, man. Our, it's tough with our uh, time difference and everything, but I'll make it work. You know let's what I mean? Let's try to we'll, do like two a month or something like that. Yeah. Let's, I think we should bang another one out after that Vancouver card. I'm down. Have a lot to, I'm down. For we're going to have a lot to talk about that. So. Well, now we have a good time. Ten, ten, yeah. Ten, this, my time, we, we could start. That'll make it easier. It works for me, too, man. I just roll out of bed and turn on the laptop. Then let's just shoot news up on the page so people are yeah. entertained. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. We'll, we'll start being more interactive on our on our um, social media. And that, before we, the last word, is give us a follow, man. Find us at Trill Talk MMA on Twitter. Find us at uh, Trill Talk MMA on Instagram. I'm at Dan Rose MMA on both. Dom, yeah. give them yours. Mine at Fall Ninja 510. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube, everywhere. So get at us. Yeah, I'm going to fire up a Trill Talk MMA Facebook page too this week. Yeah, yeah. I promote so, uh, everywhere. So let's get it. You'll, yeah, find us out there. We want to enter, we want to entertain you guys. We also want to interact with you guys. We'd like to answer some fan questions. You know, we, we want to, we want to build an audience with you because we're going to tell it like it is. Always. Keep it true. Spoke to the devil, he said. The boogeyman's under my bed. The voice is all in my head. They killed my son, now I'm dead. My girl beside me in bed. She placed her hand on my head. I spoke to the devil, he said. I spoke to the devil, he said. The cupboard is chock full of pills. You never get signed to a deal. Your hustle will never pay off. You'll never be your own boss. You'll never shine like you should. Hard work, it doesn't pay off. It pays if you suck them off. It pays the salad you toss. Your pride is stupid for that. 
Go ahead, you just be a rat. Step over your brother's back. Just fake like you got his back. Just fake like you really care. Just leave your girl in her chair. Just leave your kid at the stairs. The game is yours if you dare. I spoke to the devil, he said. The boogeyman's under my bed. The voice is all